For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dare Show. What a terrible, terrible shooting in Kansas City. You know, people are out celebrating a great, great Super Bowl victory. And, you know, I don't know who did it. I don't know why they did it. Uh, but the idea of these shootings, um, Kansas City and Missouri have the most uh, op open-ended uh, gun availability, I think, at least according to the TV, anybody over 18 can carry a gun anywhere except in a church or a school. Uh, look, they seem to have the two people. We don't know. We don't know what their motives are. We'll wait and see. But it's just it's just awful that people can't go to a, a celebration and just enjoy the victory. And, uh, you know, uh, thank God the police were there and uh, at least the they control the situation and it, it could have been it could have been a lot worse. All right, let's turn to the subject at hand today, and that is the uh, impeachment of um, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas. Look, I'm not a Mayorkas fan. Um, I just I think the the what's going on on the border is 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 awful. I, I'm a supporter of legal immigration. My grandparents came over legally. My great grandfather came legally. Um, uh, uh, and 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 uh, immigrants have, have have changed this country for the better, but uh, the current administration's non-policy is uh, is awful, and I think uh, Mayorkas has not not done a good job. And if 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 Congress has voted um, unanimously or even on partisan lines to condemn him. I'd be all for that. That's that's an appropriate role for Congress to say, look, we've had hearings. We think this is terrible and 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 we condemn you for it. But impeachment, impeachment has a constitutional criteria. It says you can be impeached only, only, only for treason. Treason has a definition. It's something where you take up arms. Uh burglary, bribery, rather, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. They didn't even charge Mayorkas with, with a high crime or a low crime. They charged him with uh, basically failure to do his duty. And that was actually debated at the Constitutional Convention. And one of the framers uh, said, we ought to include maladministration, doing a bad job. And the father of the Constitution, James Madison, said, no, that would turn us into a parliamentary democracy like Great Britain. We don't want that. We are a republic. And a republic elects a president for four years, and that president stays in office unless he commits an impeachable offense. And the same rule that applied to presidents applied to cabinet members. It's not surprising that since the establishment of the United States, we have never impeached a cabinet member. This is a first. You think there were cabinet members who committed impeachable offenses. I'll bet you bottom dollar there have been cabinet members who took bribes. 
there were probably cabinet members who committed treason in the run-up to the Civil War. Nobody has ever been impeached. And they go after this guy because they don't like him. They don't like his policies. They'd really rather impeach Biden, but they can't yet find any impeachable offenses against him as well. And the impeachment, they vote to impeach a week ago or so, and they lose. They lose by two votes. And what do they do? <laughs> they hustle around and they get somebody out of the hospital bed and, and, and they bring people, the Republicans, and then a complete fortuity strikes. Two Democrats who wanted to vote against impeachment and who would have changed the vote from favorable to unfavorable would have lost again by one vote. Two Democrats are kept away from the House on that day. One of them was at an airport trying to get there in time, and his plane had a mechanical failure. I think it was at West Palm Beach Airport. And uh, he couldn't make it, so he didn't He didn't vote. And the other one was diagnosed with COVID, and presumably his doctors told him he couldn't get on an airplane and fly. But for those two votes, the impeachment uh, would have been struck down. And then there's another reason why the impeachment is unconstitutional. So it's clearly unconstitutional under the criteria. Um, but there's another reason as well. Impeachment is supposed to be the first step of a two-step process. It's not supposed to be independent. You can't impeach somebody and then say, but we're not going to send it to the Senate for a trial. It, it's only valid if you intend to send it to the Senate for a trial and have him removed. But everybody knows that the Senate is going to vote against removing him. So impeachment in this case is being used not as a means toward removal, but as an end in and of itself. That's an improper and unconstitutional use of impeachment. Not the first time that has happened. Happened with Donald Trump. Shoe was on the other foot. The Democrats impeached him twice for non-impeachable matters. Uh, and they also impeached him knowing they wouldn't win in the Senate. So both reasons why this was an unconstitutional impeachment applied both to Republicans and Democrats. You could say it also applies to Clinton. Clinton was a closer case because there was a crime, but it was a low crime, not a high crime. They impeached him for, for perjury, and perjury, although not listed, uh, clearly can be included as treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, just as extortion could be, and uh, a range of other similar type crimes could be in included. Uh, but they knew they weren't going to get the Senate to vote for Clinton's removal. They just wanted to impeach him, and, and, and they did, and they wanted to impeach uh, Trump, and they did. So I think all three of those were unconstitutional. The only constitutional impeachment we've had of a president, at least in our history, has been Andrew Jackson. He came very close to being removed. It was really one vote, I think, or uh, maybe two, but uh, a very small number of votes. And so what we have here is the misuse of the impeachment provisions of the Constitution. Now, let me read you what Alexander Hamilton said about this. Um, you know, among the books I have written and introductions I have written is I have a, a book, The Federalist Papers. I didn't write The Federalist Papers. I'm old, but I'm not that old. But I wrote the introduction. So Federalist Papers, introduction by Alan Dershowitz. 
And uh, so, of course, I read the Federalist Papers very, very carefully, not only to write this book, but because of my, obviously, my representation of Donald Trump. And it's Federalist number 65. That's um, most relevant. And Hamilton wrote that. <clears throat> and he said he understands that impeaching will have a political element to it, that, uh, you know, it, re it involves crimes uh, of a governmental nature, uh, and, and therefore the passions will be high. Uh, so I'll read to you. The prosecution of them for this reason will seldom fail to agitate the passions of the whole community and to divide it into parties more or less friendly or inimical to the accused. Remember, this is before we really had political parties that he, he wrote this, but still he talked about that. In many cases, it will connect itself with pre-existing factions. That was the name then for what emerged as the Federalist Party, the Democrat Republican Party, etc. In many cases, it will connect itself with pre-existing factions and will enlist all their animosities, partialities, influence and interest on one side or on the other. And in such cases, and this is the point, I want you to listen very carefully. Alexander Hamilton, one of the fathers of our nation, one of the fathers of our Constitution, the greatest danger, he says, that's his words, the greatest danger is that the decision will be re regulated more by the comparative strength of the parties than by real demonstrations of innocence or guilt. Now, what does that mean? It means you shouldn't count noses. You shouldn't be able to impeach just because you have the votes, the comparative strength of the parties. But then the next part is interesting, too, because he says, then by the real demonstration of innocence or guilt. Innocence or guilt of what? Innocence of guilt of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. You're not innocent or guilty of maladministration or failure to comply with uh, uh, one policy or another. There's no innocence or guilt associated with the allegations that have been made against Mayorkas. And so it's so clear that the Mayorkas impeachment is precisely what Hamilton was opposed to. He doesn't want impeachment to turn on the comparative strength of the parties. That's what happened there. It was the comparative strength of the parties on a particular day. You know, it was like a Monday. Yeah, they had enough votes on a Monday. The previous Tuesday, they didn't have enough votes. That's not the basis on which people should get impeached. The Senate knows it. And they're not going to waste any time on this. It's not going to be like the Trump impeachments or the Clinton impeachment, or certainly not like the Andrew Jackson uh, Johnson impeachment. No, they're going to just, you know, go through some formalities. And, um, at, you know, my favorite is my former student, uh, Jamie Raskin. He gets on television just an hour ago, less than an hour ago. And he said, oh, this is terrible. The Democrats are, 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 are making the Constitution and the impeachment provisions into a partisan attack, into a partisan attack. Yeah, Jamie, you started it. You were the guy who brought about the impeachment of Trump on non-constitutional grounds. What chutzpah for you of all people, Jamie Raskin, my former student. I like you as a person. Uh, I helped defend your father 50, more than 50 years ago. How dare you talk about the 
politicization of impeachment when you were the one who did that to President Trump. You know that the grounds on which Trump was impeached, abuse of power, obstruction of Congress, those are precisely the things that the framers of the Constitution did not want to be grounds for impeachment. So there's hypocrisy on both sides. The Republicans who supported me when I made my argument and floor of the Senate, Republicans came over to me, some Democrats too, but Republicans came over to me. Some hugged me. It's on television. You can see it. They said, wow, what a great argument. You've persuaded us. You've persuaded us. Not that they needed persuading, but you persuaded us that in order to impeach somebody, it has to be treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. It can't be abuse of power. It can't be a it can't be obstruction of Congress. Yeah, we're on your side. We agree with you. What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday? They all changed their mind. The very same people who said it has to be criminal type behavior, treason, bribery, or other crimes of media is now saying, no, 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 not when it's a Democrat that we're impeaching. When it's a Democrat we're impeaching, it, it can be, you know, something like failure to do your job uh, or abuse of power or any of the kinds of things that we said you couldn't do against the Republican. What a bunch of hypocrites, the Republicans who voted to impeach Mayorkas. But what a bunch of hypocrites, the Democrats, who voted to impeach Trump and then not to impeach Mayorkas. Both sides were hypocritical. It's like a half a dozen congressmen and senators who applied neutral principles, who satisfied the shoe on the other foot test. But the vast majority of members of the Senate, members of the House, let's see what happens in the Senate. Maybe we'll have a few more Republicans who'll say, no, 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 we really can't go and, and vote to remove New York because he didn't commit removable offense and impeachable offense. There may be some of those. We'll see. Be interesting to see how my other former student, Mitt Romney, votes because, you know, he voted against the um, removal of, um, uh, uh, no, he voted for the removal, I'm sorry, he voted for the removal of, of of Donald Trump. Let's see how he votes on on, on this. I'd, I'd be I'd be interested. Um, uh, and and let's see what the other both Republicans and Democrats and do and where they where they vote. Look, hypocrisy is the coin of the realm in 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 um, Washington. We know that. We know that from what happened much earlier, very early in the. Um, Biden administration. Um, we know uh, what happened with the Supreme Court appointments when, uh, even before that, when um, uh, uh, President Obama appointed Merrick Garland, who nobody had ever heard of that. Then now he's famous, famously, famously disliked by both Republicans and Democrats for what he recently did. But when he was appointed, Republicans, including a man who I have a lot of respect for, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham, said, no, 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 no. We, we, we can't vote on a Supreme Court nomination the year of a presidential election. It's 11 months or whatever it was, eight months, 11 months before the election. No, no, we're going to stall it. We're not going to give him a vote. And they didn't give him a vote. And then when um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, died just weeks before the election in, in 2016, um, um, uh, they, or two, that was a 2020, I guess. Yeah. Before that election, they rushed it through uh, the same people who said, you can't do it in a presidential year, eight or 11 months earlier. 
suddenly said it's okay to do it four or five weeks earlier. And when when one of the senators was was asked what the distinction is, he basically said, hey, we control both the White House and the Senate. We can do it. We can do it. There's an old joke about that, which is uh, a little a little um, a little raunchy, but you all know it. Uh, you know about why do dogs do certain things? And the answer was because they can. Why do senators do certain things? Because they can. Why do members of Congress do certain things? Because they can. Uh, that's the problem with politics and the Constitution. You know, you'd think there'd be a little bit more respect for Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton, the most brilliant of the founders and the biggest schmuck, both combination. Brilliant, brilliant. His Federalist Papers are among the most brilliant things ever written about democracy. And then that idiot goes and has a duel and dies at age, what, 50-something or other, right after his son has a duel. Brilliant schmuck. So uh, uh, welcome to the world of, of reality. But, but the brilliance comes through in the Federalists' papers, and particularly the Federalist paper that talks about the greatest danger of abusing this very, very, very important part of uh, our Constitution, the impeachment provisions, by just having it depend on who has the most votes on that particular day and using impeachment not as it was intended, as a means, as a first step toward removal, but using it as an independent act simply to cause political embarrassment. Um, uh, nothing will change for Mayorkas. He'll still get his salary. There'll be a little you know, footnote in his Wikipedia entry saying he is the first and only, probably only, that probably will happen again soon with other people. But he's the first member of the cabinet ever impeached. I don't think he's going to be the last member of the cabinet to be impeached. I do think that in the future, citing this precedent, unless you know it's so attacked and so condemned, we'll see what the vote in the Senate is. But uh, if it's not, then we're going to see it become a routine normalized part of the political process. You don't like a cabinet member's policies? Impeach them. Just make sure that nobody uh, is sick that day and you have enough votes and you can bring people out of the hospital bed. And if you can arrange maybe for a couple of the people on the other side to stay away, maybe you can get enough votes for an impeachment. Don't worry about the removal. That's not what we're interested in. We're not interested in removing markets. We're not interested in actually changing the policies we're interested in just using impeachment as a political partisan tool. Yeah, Alexander Hamilton, we love you. We respect you. We have statutes to you. You're on our $20 bill, all of that. But we ignore you when what you say doesn't serve our partisan and political interests. So I think the Mayorkas vote will go down in history, along with the vote to impeach Trump and the vote to impeach Clinton as abuses for our Constitution. But how many people are willing to say that all of those were wrong? No, most of the people today, even the people who are who have denounced the Mayorkas thing, these are people who voted and supported the impeachment of Donald Trump. You know, you can make distinctions. Sure, you can make distinctions. You know, one, one is um, a little older than the other. One has blonde hair, the other doesn't. But th there's no real constitutional distinction between what the Democratic-controlled House did to Donald Trump and what the Republican-controlled House uh, is doing now to Mayorkas and, and did to Bill Clinton. So 
hypocrisy on both your sides and uh, maybe go back tonight, do a little homework, read uh, the Federalist Papers and be ashamed of yourself. Okay, let's see what we have in terms of letters today. There were some interesting ones. Here's one. Professor, the $95 billion foreign aid package passed by Congress, it wasn't passed by Congress, it was passed by one House of Congress, we'll see what happens, um, uh, contains nine, $9.1 billion for humanitarian aid to Gaza and the West Bank. Despite mountains of evidence that such funds will end up in the hands of Hamas and never reach the average citizen in Gaza, both Houses of Congress continue to funnel money to the Middle East that ends up aiding terror groups. Should the House pass the bill as it is now uh, written? Well, I, I want to see the bill passed, but I do think that no money should be given uh, to uh, aid the people of Gaza unless a process is established by which it can be absolutely made certain that the money does not go through Gaza, uh, through Hamas. But what if it goes through UNRWA? That's the same as Hamas. UNRWA is Hamas. It's just Hamas with blue uniforms of, of the UN, but Hamas totally controls the operations of UNRWA, and it always has. For years and years and years, nothing new about it. You know, people were shocked when they heard that there were tunnels built underneath UNRWA uh, headquarters or UN headquarters. Nobody would be surprised about that. Uh, they work hand in hand. They work together. And if aid is given to UNRWA, you know that at least a substantial amount of it will be skimmed off for military uses by Hamas. Okay. All right. I said something nasty about Holland. Um, I've always had a thing about Holland because they come off so well uh, in the histories of the Holocaust. Um, and I said that many, many, many Dutch people and many in the government were complicit with the Nazis and regarded themselves as Nazis. They were Aryans and they uh, were strong supporters of Hitler. Uh, but here's the letter. Professor Dershowitz, my Dutch Protestant grandparents hid two young Jewish girls for most of the war. They told me what happened to them, but I can't not remember the story. I know you were generalizing when you spoke about the Dutch, but just so you know, my grandparents did their godly duty to protect the innocent and the young, and I am proud of them. Take care. Um, he, he's, of course, absolutely right. Uh, not only did many Dutch people sacrifice uh, their lives to protect Jews, so did many German people. Uh, so did many Polish people. So did many Ukrainian people. So did many Latvian people. So did many Lithuanian people. But not the majority. They were the minority. They are called righteous Gentiles for a good reason. We know that people actually were killed by the Nazis for harboring, for harboring Jews. And every one of them deserves to be praised but the Dutch government doesn't deserve to be praised. The Polish government doesn't deserve to be praised. The Catholic Church in Poland doesn't deserve to be praised. Uh, many of the institutions uh, don't deserve to be praised. There were great Catholic priests. By the way, some Catholic priests died in Auschwitz. Why? Because they were born Jewish. If they had one Jewish grandparent, even if they had been Catholics for two generations and had been priests, um, they were killed. They were murdered. Uh, and many Catholic monasteries uh, uh, helped, helped Jews, including a cousin uh, of, of mine uh, in my first marriage, um, uh, who ultimately got out and became a dentist. 
but but he was harbored by 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 Catholic priests. So you don't want to generalize. Either way, you don't want to generalize by saying all were bad or all were good. You judge them individually on whether they were good or bad. Um, making generalizations about any group of people is a form of identity politics, and you know how much I despise identity politics on the domestic scene. I despise it equally in the international context. Okay, here's one about, um, this is interesting. This is about uh, Fannie Willis and, and, uh, and her boyfriend. Uh, even if sex occurred after he was hired, which we'll have to wait and see tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll see if the judge allows that to come in. I have my doubts whether he will, whether he'll just focus on the financial aspects. But even if sex after he was occurred, relationships begin usually before sex happens. Yes, that's generally true, at least good relationships. You have feelings that develop long before sex. You try to impress the person. You do favors for them. That means she could have hired him in the stage of wanting to impress him and gave him more money than is normal, considering his experience in such matters, they should both be removed. Let's look at it from another perspective. Perhaps she never really had feelings for Wade, uh, but she saw an opportunity to wrap him around her finger in order to influence him to do her bidding. It doesn't have to be money that influences people to do certain favors. Also, would it be wise for Fanny Forney to recuse herself from the case in order to try to save her career? Would the trial have to happen in that circumstance? It's a very, very subtle and, and, and good point. You remember I sang some Enchanted Evening. I got about 20 um, 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 of these notes, 10 of them saying, wow, you have a nice voice. You know, love to hear you sing again. And the other 10 saying, please, it made my dog throw up. It made me sick. Please never sing again. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the word of the latter. I'm going to stick to uh, singing in the shower. Um, but, um, but this, this letter, uh, makes, makes a good point. Uh, okay. I don't see her hiring him because she wants to start a relationship or because he required it to start a relationship with her as being any better than them already adultering before the hiring. Um, you know, it, the judge talked about the appearance of impropriety, the appearance of injustice, the appearance of a conflict of interest. <laughs> I don't think you need a hearing to know that there was an incredible uh, appearance uh, of impropriety. It just it just smells bad, and 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 it shouldn't have happened. And I'm curious how the judge is gonna is going to handle this. Uh, and then a question: Is some enchanted evening from South Pacific or the Music Man from South Pacific? H.C.O. Pinza, the great uh, bass baritone at the Metropolitan Opera. Um, retired from the Metropolitan Opera and took the role, uh, the great leading man role in, in, um, in uh, South Pacific. I saw it uh, as a kid. I'm not going to sing it again. Um, but uh, but uh, it was from South Pacific, not the music man. Want me to sing from the music man? I can do that too, but I'm not going to. Okay. So here we have we live in, 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 in interesting times. There's a great you know, Chinese curse. May you live in interesting uh, uh, times. We live in interesting times. We're seeing uh, a political campaign which is so influenced 
by the courts, far too influenced by the courts. Um, we, we are now more interested when you look at CNN and Fox and they do an analysis of the election, they're just as likely to have legal experts on as, as pollsters and, and political experts because so much of this election will turn on the courts. CNN today had an analysis by some expert about the first case, and that's the New York case, because that in the next day or so is going to come up for scheduling. And this guy was said it was the strongest case. It was so powerful. It involved, uh, you know, fraud. It involved this. It involved. It's the weakest case I've seen in 60 years of practicing law. But because it's against Donald Trump, CNN puts on one after the other legal experts that are so one-sided and so mislead the public. They really, does, they, they are performing such a terrible, terrible disservice. Um, every legal analyst on CNN uh, always interprets everything against a Trump. Now, you know, I, as you know, I distinguish my politics from my legal analysis, but CNN is wrong almost every day about the legal issues and almost all of their predictions have turned out to be false. So please, when you watch CNN on legal analysis, understand this is not a legal analysis. These are these are political analyses designed to try to uh, defeat Donald Trump uh, in his bid for re-election. And they're misusing their expertise as lawyers to misinform uh, the public about the legal issues that are going on. And so if you want to know what's really going on, listen to somebody like me who really is an expert on the law and doesn't allow his own personal political views to influence his legal analysis. So you're not going to get it from CNN. You're going to get it right here on The Durst Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.